we have a guest on the show. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Today I'm talking to my pal Sarah Waldrisser. Here's why I'm excited. Yes, she's a legal genius and is going to share some absolute gold with us to make sure we're protecting our passions, but also because Sarah is another example of a mother and business owner making six figures, working part-time and loving it. Here's the thing. I don't want you to ever think for a minute that I'm some kind of special case over here. If making six figures plus, doing work that you love and having plenty of time for family and for yourself sounds amazing, then what I really want you to know is that it's one 100% possible for you too. And so Sarah is a great example of a woman living her life on her terms that we can all look to for inspiration. So join me for this chat with Sarah as we talk about all things business growth, motherhood, traveling with kids. We get really real about that. (laughs) Being a smart and legally protected CEO, making time for yourself unapologetically and more. Let's do it. Let's go to the show. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast, bringing you strategy, mindset, and a dash of woo. If you want to learn how you can balance motherhood money-making beautifully, if you want to learn the strategy, mindset, and manifestation tips you need to do more of what lights you up, attract more ideal clients, make more money, and enjoy more time freedom, if you want to create this vision of success because you are a mother not in spite of it, then you are in the right place, my love. I'm your host, success coach, business mentor, mother, and tea drinker, Corey Javid. So join me while we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, Limitless Mothers. Joining me today on the show is my pal, Sarah, Sarah Walbusa. JD is an attorney, that's a solicitor for my UK peeps, for coaches and other online entrepreneurs, and is the founder of Destination Legal. Sarah and I share the passions of adventure, travel, food, and wine. I mean, what else is there in life? (laughs) Apart from maybe Netflix. (laughs) And when she's not helping fellow entrepreneurs to protect their passion, you can find her, like most of us here, hanging out with her family or enjoying a glass of wine with friends. So one of the reasons why I'm super excited to have Sarah on the show today, okay, there's many, but one of them is that her superpower is making legal stuff super accessible to you and I, super easy, like the opposite of the stuffy stereotypes. And she also kicks ass at trademarks. I mean, Sarah, I'm gonna like officially say welcome in a second, but how many trademarks is it that you've registered? Oh gosh, I need to look at the full number, but it was over 50 last year. I mean, like, can we all just give her a round of applause? That's incredible. (laughs) And so we're going to be talking all things being a mom and business owner, making that balance work and getting some time for yourself, as well as getting some expert advice from Sarah today on how we can all make sure that we're being smart business owners and protecting our passions. She's trademarked that phrase, by the way. Um, So let's get to it. Yay, Sarah. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here today. (gasps) Amazing. Um, Okay, so let's get stuck in straight from the top with your story. Um, I know because so Sarah and I are like online business besties. Um, I know a little bit about your story and I know that you kind of like changed your life in a really short space of time. Husband, business, baby, all all in a matter of a few short years. So I'd love you to share a little bit about that um, with our listeners, if you can. Sure. So um, 
the story, you know, I didn't, I didn't get here overnight. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the backstory is I, you know, went to law school, obviously, and yep. then joined the firm. And I realized pretty quickly that, you know, partner life, working a hundred hours a week for the corner office was not for me. Mm. As you mentioned, like travel has always been a huge passion and driver of mine. Yes. And so I realized pretty quickly that I didn't want a typical nine to five. Um, I had a few different career jumps along the way before I started my business. I worked in um, international global health with like a legal oh, wow. side to that. Mm-hmm. Um, where I got to travel a ton and work on disease surveillance systems in other countries, like totally a different lifetime now. (laughs) Um, I lived in India for a little bit. I traveled. um, But the bottom line out of all of that was like really me looking for freedom and wanting Mm. to feed sort of my soul with travel. Mm. Um, And it wasn't until, gosh, I guess about five years ago now where I really got serious and was like, you know, I need to make money and build a business. I had been doing some consulting for mm-hmm. previous employers and kind of attempting some, but, you know, like many of us online business owners, a few different businesses. Um, but the more people I met, the own online business owners I met and coaches I met, the more I saw this huge need for legal support. Yes. And so I just finally kind of gave into the universe. Uh, <laughs> there was some... I, I didn't jump into it because I didn't enjoy being a lawyer at a law firm. So I was like, mm. why would I want to be a lawyer and have my own business? Um, so it took some time for me to fully commit. And and what I really needed to do and what I had done is like build a business that I enjoy. And yes. so once I started building Destination Legal and working with women and business owners and coaches, like everything kind of fell into place. And a couple of years after I started, you're right, like... Then I met my husband and then we got engaged and then we got married and then we had a baby. And all through that, I've been growing the business. Um, but all of that has definitely happened within the last four or five years. So it's wow. been busy. That's, you've been yeah, super busy, right? So do you think then like the realization now has been that it wasn't necessarily like law, it was the corporate kind of environment and doing that kind of whole climbing the ladder thing and the lack of freedom that you get in that kind of traditional employment? Absolutely. Because I love the law. Like you'll hear me talk, like I get so passionate and worked up about my, my contracts and making sure people (laughs) protect their businesses. Like it's so important to me. And, Mm. you know, I, I loved law school and there are so many things about it, but you're exactly right. It was just the idea of like, you know, in, in a law firm, you have to track your time by like, you know, 15 minute increments and you're working for these big companies and it just, none of it really, um, filled my soul Mm. or, you know, was something I could see myself doing long-term, but it definitely, it definitely wasn't the law because realizing I have this special skill and, you know, it's almost now, I see it as a disservice if I wasn't doing it because the, yeah. our our industry in the online world needs it so badly. So bad. And there, yeah. there aren't that many people doing it. And so yeah. now I, I kind of see it as a public service. Like the more I can get the word out about protecting your business and using the right contracts, mm-hmm. like the better everybody is. So yeah. that makes it kind of easy to go to work. <laughs> yes. I love that. Because you know, you're like, people need this, right? I have yes. to show up for this. I so yeah. I so resonate with that because actually I remember when I was starting my business online, I was like, 
I guess I need some kind of legal protection. Like, what would that even be? And I was Googling, my idea was, well, I Google local solicitors, like local lawyers to me. And I was like, they're not really going to get this. They're not going to understand this online business space. Like from what I was, you know, there were like these established, stuffy people that had been there for like the donkey's years, these like dinosaurs, you know, working there. Um, And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to make an appointment, like an expensive appointment, go in and then feel like they don't really get this or they don't really serve me. So having somebody who really understands online business, I think is like so important. So I love that you show up and, and you provide that people, you know, yeah, a hundred percent. I've had I've had numerous people come to me after hiring local business mm. attorneys, and they're like, "This person had no idea what a coaching business was. They don't know what I do. Yep. Like, look at this website policy they did." And I actually got one one time where, you know, she was like, "He's like seventy years old. He like <laughs> he had spelled website as like two words, like web <laughs> site, and just like no oh, idea." <laughs> Um, in our industry, yes, it's more important to kind of have, have an attorney that knows the online world, the global, you know, how global things are, because most people like you, you know, you're in the UK, you have clients all over the world. So what does that look like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think if you're not in this online space, people just don't get it, right? They don't like understand the context of it and how things operate. And it's a different kind of environment, isn't it? So mm-hmm. you kind of need somebody who really understands that. So yeah, I love that you do that. So in the time that, so do you say it's about five years since you started your business? Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. How have you found that process of building a business that you love? Because this is something that... I'm super passionate about, I know that you are too, like, and that was one of the reasons why you built your business was to have like the life that you love, right? And that freedom. Um, How easy or difficult have you found it to actually create something that you love and that serves you? You know, that's such a good question. And I wouldn't say it's extremely difficult. It just definitely takes, I would say, commitment and perseverance, Mm -hmm. you know? So I guess we're, it'll be five years towards the end of this year. So like four, four and a half years. For me, it was a non-negotiable basically. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't going by this, by the time I started building Destination Legal, I had been out of a nine to five for at least three years, two Mm -hmm. or three years. And I'd kind of been consulting and freelancing, like doing my own thing. And I was, I had like no money. And my father was basically like, you're going back to a law firm. Like this isn't working. And I was like, no, this is hell. No. (laughs) Yeah. And so it was that, it was that like impetus of like, you need to make this work. Mm. And so I started to make it work, but how it was working then is so different than how it is now. And so I think along the way, like I've just had to pay really close attention to what do I enjoy doing? How can I help people? How can I help more people? Mm. And how can I keep the freedom and the time of like what I'm after? And I know you really stand yeah. for this too. Like I have never worked a 40 hour work week in destination. Yes. Like never. Yeah. Like I, I would even say I've probably never worked a 30 hour week. Like it just hasn't, I'm not someone that is ever interested in being a workaholic. And 
certainly there are weeks where you put in more time than others. And maybe you put in a few Saturdays and evenings, but like for me, that is very rare. And Mm. so, so that has been, um, more important to me than maybe like building quickly and making more money. Like time is always the more important thing to me. Yeah. And so, you know, I think in growing a business that you love, it's just, you know, giving yourself time to do it, Mm. giving yourself space to do it. And then, you know, it takes a lot of reflection. It takes a lot of self-development. As we all know, the quote is like, if you want self-development, like go and start a business. Start a business, yeah. Yeah. And you really, as we, you know, have talked about, you have to get over your own, a lot of your own stuff. Yes. And that has been a continual process too. And then also always having coaches. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, the times in my business where I have not had a business coach have been the times maybe that I, that things stay still like being in masterminds, being around other people that are doing the same things. And then having a coach, um, for me, like the big thing that a coach brings is accountability and, and also someone that can call me out on my own stuff too. So yeah, amen to that. And me too. I mean, you know, we've got the same coach just for anyone listening, but, um, but I've, I feel exactly the same. Like if for me, it's having somebody that can point out my BS, you know, because like you said, the biggest way, the biggest thing, the factor in your business is the kind of personal development and personal growth. And that's something I wasn't actually prepared for when I started my business. Didn't hear that quote that we all hear now. Like you want to grow fast as a person, start a business. I didn't hear that until I was well into it. And I was like, whoa, I didn't realize. I thought I just needed to learn some business stuff, some facts. (laughs) That's all I thought I needed, right? right? And actually to create a business and create one that you love, you have to be willing to kind of do that inner work too, right? And like, I love that you said, you know, it's that reflecting often on, you know, how am I feeling? How am I showing up? How is my business serving me? And that's, that's how you grow. And it does, it does take some time, right? Like we both are six figure business owners. We both work around like 25 hours a week, right? And could we have experienced bigger revenue growth quicker? Sure, probably. But we've been, I think, I think we share that in terms of, it's been a non-negotiable for us. We're just not willing to right. put in long hours. And I think it's I think it's a false kind of notion anyway, because it's not um sustainable. You know, we could be doing 50, 60 hour weeks and, you know, maybe growing faster, but are, are we gonna be burnt out when we get to the next level? You know, whereas yeah. we're kind of like Absolutely. Getting there and, and I, feeling good. <laughs> and I think being willing to pivot when you need to mm. and also just um trying new things, like don't let perfection stop you and, you know, be willing to kind of go with the flow when you need to and realize like your audience may change, your offerings may change Mm -hmm. and you need to, and that's okay. That's okay. And you don't need it all figured out and locked down and written in stone from day one. Like when I think about what I was um, predominantly talking about when I first started this business it wasn't mindset and money and and all those things it was like social media that was the thing I was talking about most you know and think it's okay to evolve and change and give yourself that permission isn't it totally I love that so what do you love most about your business right now oh my gosh well we're in a big uh phase of growth which I really Mm -hmm. love because I am outsourcing more you know it's been kind of a on my list for a while to have a marketing agency working on a funnel and running ads. Like Mm. 
I am very fortunate that I've basically built this business on referrals without having incredible. To, I haven't done any paid advertising really. Yep. And so I've always felt, and I think we'll see, you know, knock on wood, that um, it's a great fit for Facebook ads. And, yes. you know, because I'm an online business attorney, there aren't a ton of us and, you know, that is a way to really get out in front of more faces. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm anxious and excited to see how that goes. And yeah. so that's a, that's a big thing happening in the business. And I love that you're talking about the fact that you're just doing that now. Because I think a common misconception is people think that they need to be doing like Facebook ads straight out of the gate. And the only way to really grow on scale is using Facebook ads. And okay, yeah, that is a strategy. And if you have the funds and if you also are marketing savvy enough to know what's going to work so that you're not wasting your funds on Facebook ads, you know. Um, But I love that you've grown like on referrals and anybody with a service-based business, like you'd show up and you do right by your people. I mean, Sarah's obviously doing a really great job because otherwise she wouldn't be able to build her business on referrals, but you do really well by your people and your business grows off the back of that if you focus on service in that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think um, also just at this point, you know, as I was just saying, things change, things pivot. And I'm at a place now where I'm really comfortable and confident with what we're offering. Mm. We just moved to a brand new website that makes it really easy so for gorgeous. people to thank yeah. you. That makes it easy for people to buy the templates. And, yes. you know, it just, it feels like um, maybe some of the uncertainty that you always feel at the beginning of a business, like mm. a lot of that has worked itself out. And now I think we are in a phase of growing and um, I'm just excited to see where that goes. I love that. And you brought your husband into the business too, right? I did, oh, yes. Tell me just, about that. Just in the past couple months. Um, you know, so before I, I'm in Chicago now and before I kind of mm-hmm. settled here, I did travel for almost two years all over Europe and Asia so cool. and did the digital nomad thing. And that's always been a huge, um, again, coming back to like the freedom and the travel, mm. that's always been a huge driver. And he was in real estate and that's a pretty, you know, you got to be somewhere (laughs) if you're going to sell a house. So we've been talking for a while about wanting him to be in a location independent business, whether that was his own business or partnering with someone else um, so that we could have the freedom to travel. Now we do have Mm -hmm. a baby, so Mm -hmm. it looks different, but we both feel like, hey, we might want to do a year in Spain. Yeah. might you know we do want to spend summers in Europe so we kind of yes, come over um, here <laughs> come yeah, see me <laughs> that's definitely important to us and so you know we were mulling it around and talking about what it might look like for him to join destination legal and mm. you know it 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 really started slow and then we kept talking about it and what would this look like and obviously you know you need to be careful about bringing yeah. on a business partner bringing on your part partner, partner for yes. sure. Yeah. But like he was in sales, like he was a real estate agent mm. listing and selling homes. He's an amazing salesperson. He has great marketing instincts. Like a lot of these skills that I am not the best at or don't have time for mm. are a great match. And so he is coming on and he's kind of stepping up as CFO, which is great because amazing. I 
you know, dealing with taxes and invoices are not my favorite thing. Not my job um, either. <laughs> but he's also going to like manage our affiliate program, which we're, oh, wow. which we're growing again, another way to kind of expand our reach. Mm. And so it's been great so far. I mean, it will definitely be a learning experience, I think, and setting some boundaries within the home and, yeah. and you know, when we can talk about business and when we can't. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe I need to go to the coffee shop for the next five hours and not be working next to you. So, you know, it's new and we're working through some of that stuff, but so far, like, I think we're both really excited. Ah, that's really cool. I love that. And like, it's such a testament to how well your business is doing too, that you've been able to do that. So, you know, yes, for sure. It's amazing. And, And that's the thing is it's the, it gives you that total freedom and flexibility. Cause that's something I'm quite aware of. Like I can, you know, change my schedule, work from anywhere. My husband works in an investment bank. He can't do that. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so it does it is something I'm not gonna bring him into my business. <laughs> Just putting that straight out there. <laughs> um but he and I wouldn't work well together. That's that's <laughs> another perhaps it's our own episode. <laughs> but you have to be like that kind of like have that right dynamic. Um we have a good dynamic, but not in that working together mm-hmm. way. But but it does that make me think of like for our future, you know, could he do something more flexible? He could contract, he could like, you know, work remotely, things like that. So, but it's it's nice to know that you've got that total freedom, like to travel, you know? Yeah. Like you said, just go and spend a year in Spain because you want to or a summer in Europe or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. I love that. Yeah. So, um, how do you feel about traveling now you have a little one in tow as well? I mean, oh, it's tough. I mean, it's not, I don't want to say it's tough. It's different. It's different, so, isn't it? That's the thing. It's an adjustment, isn't it? Because you are yes. used to traveling before you have kids and then you have kids and it's different. <laughs> yes. I want to, you know, I'm proud of us because we have, like our son is 14 months and he's been on over 20 planes. I love that. So That's like, so good. He's been to Cuba. Like we still have traveled quite a bit. Mm. It's and I don't want to say it's not as fun, but other moms, you know, it's not as fun. Okay. It's I'm not, not I'm just yeah. yeah I'm let's just, just be real about that. It's let's not just be you real. Can't, you can't lay on a sun lounge with a cocktail in your hand for hours on end. Like exactly. those days are done for a while. <laughs> yes. And like getting on a plane and zoning out with a movie used to be my favorite mm. thing. And now getting on a plane is like ah. <laughs> You're kind of like, are they going to be okay? Are they going to behave? Yeah. Yeah. So, but we, but it's important to us. So we're not letting Mm. that stop us. I know there are a lot of parents that choose maybe not to travel for a couple of years or whatever. Um, It is, it is still very important to us. And I think as each new age comes about, I think we might be doing, doing different things. Right. So when, you know, when we took him on a trip at five months, that was very different when, then when we took him at 12 months. So we're, we're learning along the way. Um, but we still, we're still going for it. I love that. I love that you're not letting it like stop you. I think we, we didn't, um, holiday. I did take my daughter to Canada to see my family when she was like, 14 months old in fact that was her first flight was like nine hours and then a connecting flight as well um and she was good as gold and I was like oh actually this is okay we can do this um but now she's like traveler obviously she's nearly eight now so it's quite a different thing and the older they get like she's a great little tourist she loves like we this is something that we noticed so we were still trying to do like European kind of beach style holidays because that's what we had done a lot of before we'd had her like the Greek islands things like that and we were like 
yeah, it's fun, but we can't relax in the same way that we used to. And one of you's got to be in the sea or building sandcastles or whatever the right. things are. Um, and then um, on one particular holiday, I think we were in Corfu, we took a car out for the day. We rented a car and went sightseeing and she loved it. And she loved being out and about and seeing like these ruins and going to different like markets and restaurants and things. And we were like, oh, she loves this. This is so easy now. These are now our types of holidays. So yeah, now we go on exactly. kind of more exploring type of holidays because she loves it, you know. So. Yeah. And then save the beach time for when it's just you and your husband. Yeah. yeah I exactly. think I think we're learning that too. Like keeping them busy. Yeah. Um, or, or like my best friend and I, I think we're going to go away, just the two of us. Absolutely, yes. Sangria by a pool. Yes, uh, exactly. Oh, which leads me into making time for yourself. So I know this is another thing that we both feel strongly about, like not working too many hours, building businesses that give us freedom, but also finding times for ourselves. And this is why I'm, you know, one of the many reasons why I'm happy to have you on the show today is because I think um, we need more examples of women, particularly as mums, making time for themselves unapologetically, you know? So mm-hmm. I'd love to hear about how do you make time for yourself? What does that look like? Yeah. And I do it very unapologetically. So I'm an introvert and it is very important for me to have my own time. Mm -hmm. It has always been, um, my husband is an extrovert. So Mm -hmm. like literally he will follow me from room to room where eventually I just have to shut the door. Can you please give me some space? (laughs) I need some time just by myself. Um, Yeah. So obviously it's been more of a challenge once I became a mom, but it also became Mm. even more important then. And so what it really looks like for me is, um, taking baths, like something Mm -hmm. I can do a couple times a week. I close the door, Mm -hmm. I get a glass of wine, I turn on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, yes. Spend like an hour there. And like, that's very recharging for me. Mm. Um, I, you know, even if it's just once a week or every other week, taking an afternoon or an evening and either going out with friends or like taking my laptop to a hotel or a coffee mm-hmm. shop or somewhere that I enjoy to work. Like I, I enjoy that as well. Um, I do a couple girls trips like every year, mm-hmm. just a long Love weekend. Yes. Um, something I haven't really done yet, but I want to do that you do is like a CEO retreat and just take that time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this was the first one that I did, which we got from our, our pal in common as well, <laughs> Rita, yes. yeah. um, who she does it, I think every single quarter. And I'm like, yes, Rita's onto something. <laughs> yes. it, was, it was, it was as much about the, as me, about me as it was the business. Like it was just so recharging as well, you know? Yeah. 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 So I think just, you know, not feeling guilty because you really do come back being a better business Mm. owner, being a better wife, being a better mom, like taking that space, knowing that you need it. You know, one of the things that I'm working on, I'm not there yet is like getting up earlier than my son and having Mm -hmm. some time to, to myself, like the mornings when I do that, I feel great. Um, but it doesn't always happen. But yes, for me, I definitely need that recharging time. And Mm. if I don't get it, I'm just a cranky pants. I think we all need it, but I just don't think we all give ourselves permission for it. I'm much better at it now. And and since starting my business, I kind of recognized like this is the sort of thing. It's funny because like I work less obviously in my business than I worked in my corporate days, but it's such a different quality of work, isn't it? Like I'm so focused and you're like really leveraging your time. And when it's your business, you are just pouring so much like 
emotion and energy into it in a really great way because you're like obsessed with it because you love it. But equally, it takes a lot out of you. So you need that recharge like even more. You don't get the same kind of hanging out by the water cooler, making a cup of tea downtime like you do, you know, in and amongst a day in in the corporate world and stuff. And it's just, um, it's kind of like more full on in some way. So, um, so I realized that way, but when I was a new mum, I was terrible. I was that martyr mother who was really resentful of my husband for doing things on his own, but not making any time for myself and somehow expecting that somebody should say to me, here's an afternoon off, go and do something rather than me saying, I'm taking this afternoon off and just, you know, feeling really frazzled, but not doing anything about it myself. So you've been in both positions and that's why I love talking about it. And I love hearing that you take that time unapologetically as we all should. So if anybody's listening and hasn't been doing that, here's your permission, (laughs) go and take some time for yourself, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think it's super important to be able to rely on your partner and ask Mm. your partner for that support because chances are they're taking it anyway, you know, like, and and good for them. They're looking after themselves, you know? Right. But sometimes as moms, we need to, we need to really be a little bit more proactive, like Mm -hmm. men. Okay. My man might just be like, okay, well, I'm going to play soccer on Sunday instead of like, you know, I am more mm-hmm. like, is this going to work? And let's yep. make sure our son's taken yep. care of. Like moms just think like that. Yeah. But I feel very fortunate because I have a very supportive partner mm-hmm. and he is a co-parent. I know a lot of moms might not be as fortunate, but you really need to get your husband there because yes. yeah. it makes things way better when you can say, I'm going out of town for the weekend Mm -hmm. and you're going to hang with the kids and just that's that. And deal, deal with it. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, and I had to get better at that. I had to get better at asking for what I needed and just kind of stating it and, you know, just being like, yeah, this is is happening. I'm off. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, my husband was like, cool. (laughs) right it it all a lot of it had been in my head you know me thinking like oh he he wouldn't be okay with that and and often when you ask and you don't even need to justify like here's why I was like I need this he's like cool bye have fun (laughs) and actually it's good for them and I like most will really rise to the challenge one of my best friends just had a baby um and I was visiting and she was like kind of hesitant about leaving their daughter Um, with her husband, not because she didn't trust him, but just because he was a new dad too. This Mm -hmm. baby was like weeks old. And I'm like, the more you're gone, like the The better they can bond and he can learn. And yeah. So we went out, um, for a couple drinks and came back and like, he was so happy. The baby was snuggled up. They had had a great time together. So, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's can be a really special time for them. And that's what we, but we get that kind of like mama bear instinct of like, I must do it all. I must be the one taking care and stuff. But yeah. So true. So true. Um, so one thing I'd love to know is actually, so you had a baby partway into your business. So did you find that changed how you worked in your business. Like, what was that like? Because so for me, I obviously already had my daughter before I started my business. So that was kind of a constant all the way through from day zero of this business. But for you, you already had your business and and then you had your son. So what's that looked like for you, that change? Well, it's really been amazing for my business and productivity level. So even, Mm. so before I had a kid, I still wasn't working that much. I don't know what I was doing. I think I was watching a lot of Netflix. What did any of us um, do before we had kids? Who knows? I know. <laughs> but since um, 
since then I have been a lot more productive because, you know, now we're in kind of a daycare co-working situation, which is amazing. But up until he was 10 months old, I was home with him all the time. I was trying to work during nap time. Mm. I was trying to work with him on my lap. You know, it was just like, I needed to really drill down on what I was doing and just Mm. get it done. And, um, you know, two sides to that. On the one hand, I was productive with all of those tasks, but on the other side, I didn't have the time or the space to Mm. grow like I wanted and to Mm -hmm. do some of the bigger projects. And Mm. so once he was in daycare a couple days a week, um, I had all of a sudden this time and space to do it. And so that's been really helpful too. So for moms, you know, that are trying, if you can get a little support, I don't know how anyone builds a business and full-time is taking care of a kid. I just, I don't think that that, not that you can't do it, but that is, is very gig. Yeah. So even if you can drop them at, you know, a family members for an afternoon, once they're old enough to be, you know, in a preschool or daycare, mm-hmm. even to just get 15 hours or 20 hours of mm-hmm. kid free time. I really think that's so valuable when you're trying to build a business. So yeah. I definitely learned that. And since we've had that, that's when I've been able to kind of implement some of these other things that I've wanted to do for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also, you know, when I was pregnant, I had to take a step back because mm. the the last like three months of my pregnancy, I had basically no motivation to do any work. I just <laughs> wanted to decorate the nursery and sleep Nesting. and yeah. like, yeah. And so I was, I was fortunate enough to have, I do have a business that I don't need to necessarily be in all the time. I certainly yeah. need to know what's going on, but that, that became even more important at that point. And then, you know, we could do a whole show on like setting yourself up for maternity leave and making mm. sure you have, income coming in, you know, those are, Mm -hmm. there's both amazing things about being a business owner and there's difficult things too. Like I have friends that are on maternity leave and they just are bringing in the paychecks no matter what from their, their corporate jobs. Whereas if you're a business owner, unless you really have a lot of foresight and Mm -hmm. you set up a lot of things, the chances are your, your income is going to take a dip during that time. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's either, like you said, having like a really kind of forward planned strategic way that you can ensure that that doesn't happen or just giving yourself that grace that this is just this phase. This is just this period of time and, you know, baby's important and it is what it is, you know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, So we've been talking about like giving yourselves permission to like give yourself grace, give yourself permission to find time for yourself. One of the things I'd love people to give themselves more permission for, (laughs) smooth transition here, (laughs) is getting legally protected. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is because it's not been something that I've talked about on the show because obviously I'm no legal expert, but it is something that I'm quite passionate about, women making sure that they are protecting their businesses. And I obviously work with a lot of women one-to-one and I've had a number of them come to me and, you know, there's no shame in this, but I just really think that, you know, we can do a bit of an education piece here. Um, But a a lot of women come to me and don't have any legal protection in place at all in their business yet. And again, because they don't know where to go, they don't know about you, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) And they don't know where to look. And also it can seem daunting and hard and expensive and all the things. And so it's one, it can be easily one of those things that we just kind of 
bury our head in the sand and hope that like, oh, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out later. Or I'll get that protection when I'm making this kind of money. Um, Would love you to just share with listeners some tips for, you know, like the bare minimum legal protection that they can be checking off. Like, do I have this? Don't I? Okay, this is a priority. And also, um, give some insight into how accessible that kind of um, legal protection actually is. Because I think that's a kind of misnomer there that people think it's going to be hard, it's going to be expensive. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you are 100% right that a lot of people start businesses and they don't know what legal protection they need, nor should mm. they, right? They yeah, didn't absolutely. go to law school. Like, yeah. you know, you don't and, know. And pretty much know. none of us went to business school either. So it's like, yes. you know, we're kind of learning all of this as we go. Yeah. Right. So I think people know they need something. They're just not sure what that is. And so mm. unfortunately, many people either ignore it, like you said, or take mm. to Google and try to put together their own contracts and that can just leave gaping holes. Mm. Um you know, fortunately, it is more accessible today. So lawyers obviously have a bad rap. Now, I say obviously, in the U.S. especially, <laughs> lawyers, you know, people don't like lawyers all the time because they're seen as people that can just sue you and they come up with all these weird words and every contract is 100 pages. But it doesn't have to be that way. And so that's mm. part of my mission with Destination Legal is to make legal less scary, more yes. accessible. And so because... If you're not legally protecting your business, you are really doing a disservice to yourself, mm-hmm. to your sales, to the money that you could be bringing in. Because with legal, it's not if there's going to be an issue, it's when. Because yes. if you're in business long enough, you're going to have a client that skips out. You're going to have a client that doesn't pay. You're going to mm-hmm. have someone buy your course and rip it off. You're going to you know, run into a trademark issue if you haven't done that. So like, it's not a matter of if, it is when. I love that you say that. And just um, to interject there for a minute, like this is a conversation that we've had in our in our mastermind that um, Sarah and I are in with, you know, there's eight of us in there. And I think something that doesn't get talked about enough, and that's why I just want to kind of mention it here, is that if you're a business owner, you don't get away with not having a problem. <laughs> like, right. You don't get away with not having a difficult client at some point or a, some kind of sticky situation. It just is, you know, comes part and parcel of being a business owner. And so rather than kind of pretend that it won't ever happen or just cross your fingers and hope the best, get legally protected and you don't have to worry about it, right? Then you've got yeah. that fallback. Yeah, and so I think the the thing that people think that's actually happily incorrect is that it's going to cost them thousands and thousands of dollars and then Mm. they need to go hire a big law firm. You don't need to do that anymore. Fortunately, there are online business owners that are online legal attorneys that are selling templates for a couple hundred bucks for a contract, a couple hundred bucks to get your website straight. And like that couple hundred bucks can save you tens of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. in a lawsuit from getting sued, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in sales that you might've otherwise lost, because Mm -hmm. if you have nothing, you're really running a risky business. You're not Mm -hmm. protecting the, the sales that you're bringing in. You're not protecting your intellectual property. So to your point about like, what's the bare minimum, because you don't need everything in the world, but there are a a few key pieces. So If you're a coach or a service provider working one-on-one with anybody, with a client, you need a client contract. Like you should not be taking anybody's money Mm -hmm. without a client contract, because not only does that kind of outline, you know, how you're getting paid, when you're getting paid, what's included, what if they miss a call, like, what are you delivering also includes disclaimers, which 
legally protect, protect you. you from yeah. liability should something happen and your client gets, you know, financially injured, mentally injured, physically injured, you know, that can happen and then they can yeah. come and sue you. And so without those disclaimers, then you really are running your business mm. like really nakedly and you can lose you know, someone comes after you, you can lose any money that's in your business bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, you can lose, you can lose a lot. So it, yeah. it only takes one lawsuit to basically potentially bankrupt you. So that client contract is so, so important. Mm. And I think as well, like it's hugely important in terms of like, like you've just said, like you can leave yourself so exposed to, you know, financial hit, like, you know, in a massive way. But also, the, the thing that I find having a client contract, client agreement in place is the added benefit is that it, it sets some really great boundaries and it sets some really great expectations up front with this is how we work together. Also, I just think it's that kind of, you know, I've been talking about boundaries on, on this show a lot lately, and it's just another one of those energetic boundaries that shows you, it shows yourself and shows the people that you're working with, like, I'm legit. <laughs> I mean business here. This is how you work with me. Um, I, I'm worth this. Do you see what I mean? Like, absolutely. There is no six figure business owner that doesn't have a contract. Like it just doesn't exist because Mm -hmm. if you've gotten to that point, like that's for a reason. And part Mm -hmm. of that is like stepping up as CEO Mm -hmm. and, and being that way. And the good benefit of like getting your legal in place is like the confidence that it brings you. Yes. You know, as a CEO, as you just said, like it makes you feel more legitimate. And yes, those boundaries, like once you have a contract and if there's any kind of issue, there's no question. You can yeah. send the contract to your client, just be like, look here, this yeah. is what you signed. And so yeah. it really, it is kind of a no brainer. Yeah. And so you have templates on your website, Destination Legal, that people can just go and grab and super simple, easy to just fill, change it in either of the like parts that are applicable to their business and they're ready to roll, right? Yep. They're customizable. There's just directions on what you fill in, in terms of like what's in your package and business name and jurisdiction mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and then beyond that, so like that is kind of the, the, the most important layer of your legal foundation. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, like if you have a website, yes, absolutely. A privacy policy is legally mm-hmm. required. If you don't have it, you can get fined, whether you're in the U S or Canada mm-hmm. or Europe or the UK. Um, website terms of service and disclaimers. Again, all of this stuff is here to protect you as the business owner. So mm. um, those the the website protections in your contract, that's kind of the the foundation. And then as you grow, you're gonna need more stuff. So mm-hmm. if you're hiring, then you need an independent yep. contractor contract. If you're hosting retreats, you need a retreat agreement. If you, mm-hmm. you know, are running an affiliate program, you need an affiliate agreement. So you know, anytime you're exchanging money, collecting money, paying money, you want to make sure there is a contract in place. And, you know, as you grow and expand, potentially your your legal needs will grow and expand as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that you shared that so that everybody's like super clear, like bare minimum client contract, get your website, terms and conditions, privacy policies sorted out. And then from there, if you're working with contractors, just makes it so easy so people know exactly what they need and I love that there are templates that you don't need to go and have like a really long meeting with somebody that's going to baffle you and bamboozle you with legalese you know you can just download it have it today yeah and you're ready and rolling so exactly you know like terms of purchase for your membership site or online course Mm. like you're not gonna spend your blood sweat and tears building this 
asset, this yeah. amazing online course that could potentially bring you thousands and thousands and not have a terms of purchase with it, right? Yes. It just doesn't make sense. Doesn't stack up. Yeah. And and yeah, unfortunately, just because I think people don't know where to go or don't know that how important that is, that I do see a lot of that happening. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad that we're getting that kind of message out there. The other thing that I'd love you to just um, share with the listeners, because it's something we've already chatted about previously, is that um, so something that people might not know is that they can purchase, say, a template from you, even though you're based in the US and maybe they're based somewhere else. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So fortunately, contract law, which is what, you know, the the website stuff is in terms of purchase and mm-hmm. client contracts and contract law is based on common law. So if you're in the UK or Australia or Canada, US, like everything is 90% similar, 95% similar. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if there's any questions, certainly you can always have a local attorney review it and make sure it's 100% um, for your jurisdiction. But like we talked about earlier, it's more mm. important to get someone that knows your industry, meaning yes. coaching or mm-hmm. if you're a VA um, in the online business world, than someone that might, you know, live in your city because they're just not going to know what it means to have a client in another country and things like that. Yeah. And they can use like web dash site, like yes. bless, bless him, that old dude. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'd also love to just talk to you about trademarks because I know it's like one of your specialisms. Um, now, I think trademarking can be something that a lot of uh, online business owners can think is something, oh, that's for big companies. That is something that I look into when I'm making multiple six figures or all kinds of stories like that. Can you clear that one up? Not just for listeners, but also for me, just put myself out there as <laughs> not yeah. being like totally sure there. Yeah, absolutely. Trademarking is such um, an amazing secret in the, mm. in the online business world that a lot of people are utilizing, but not talking about. So mm. I have clients that have five or six trademarks. They're just kind of collecting them because they see the power that it brings them. So basically with a trademark, you own the name of your business, the mm-hmm. name of your podcast, the name mm-hmm. of your course, your retreat. And so what that means is that nobody else in your industry can mm. use it. Mm-hmm. So for example, you know, let's say um, you have an amazing podcast that you've been (laughs) building and, you know, people associate that with you, like how much would it hurt Mm -hmm. if you got an email tomorrow from somebody that's like, you can't use this anymore. I actually have this trademark registration. Mm -hmm. You have to stop. And when that happens, trademark infringement, there's really nothing you can do. If somebody has registered a trademark, you have to stop using the name of that program, yep. even if you have built a huge audience around it and things like that. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be the first thing you do. Mm-hmm. But if you have a signature program that you're running three times a year, mm-hmm. if you have a business name that is, you know, that you love and you plan on having your business mm-hmm. for the next 5, 10, 15, 30 years, like you want to own it and make sure nobody else can use that name. And that's yeah. where trademarking comes in. Yeah. And so, you know, each country has their own trademark system. It's not international. However, if you have, wherever you are, if you have clients in the U.S., that's usually where you want to get your trademark because mm-hmm. um, it's the most difficult to get. And once mm-hmm. you have it, 
there's an international protocol thing that you can do where you can add on other countries. Oh, okay. So if you get the U.S. first, then you're kind of, it's much easier sailing with So you can say, I have Mm -hmm. it in the U.S., then I can add on the U.K., and I can add on Germany, and I can add on Mm. Canada, um, and do that all at once. But it, it brings... You know, not only just confidence that yeah. nobody can come in the next day and take your business name, it creates an asset for your business should mm-hmm. your business ever be sold. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, you know, just that expert status, because we all know when you see that someone has a registered trademark for a program or course, like they're legit. Like, yeah, just Marie adds Forleo that extra has, layer of credibility yeah. to it. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Marie Forleo has seven of them, right? Amy yeah. Porterfield has six. I have clients that have four and five, like, um, Mm. and you know, you don't have to be your Marie Forleo to have it. You just want, you have to be obviously invested in your business Mm -hmm. and know that you have something that you want to have around for a while. Yeah. That you're in it for like the long game with that aspect of your business. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's definitely given me food for thought. I remember here, I'm sure I heard Jenna Kutcher say on the Gold Digger podcast once that she didn't register gold digger as a trademark and she's gutted (laughs) right because she can't now you know yes because if somebody else gets it in then that's it right so even if even if jenna kutcher has a bigger audience and potentially has been using it longer there you know there are some common law trademark rights things that pop up but it sometimes is a a race to the trademark office Mm. and to get a trademark you actually don't have to be using it yet You know, I've had clients that are like, I'm launching this product next year or this program next year. And I know that it's going to be signature. I want to get the trademark now. Interesting. You know, Amazon has like 900 of them. A lot of them they're just (laughs) sitting on and and saving in case they want to use it at some point. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, yeah. what, do you? I don't know if this is something that's standardized or if it can be really variable, but how how long can it take to, to register a trademark? So in Europe and the UK, it is definitely quicker than in the US. In the US, it can take anywhere from five to six months up to a year or a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And it just depends what comes up. And this is why you want an attorney to do this for you because you, there might be conflicting marks. There could be opposition. There could be letters from the trademark office that need to be answered. So I've had several people that tried on their own and then they came to me because they're like, something happened. I don't know what I did, but now (laughs) they're saying they're refusing my mark and please help me. Um, so it's better to just kind of start with an attorney from the beginning you know, the quickest I've gotten one through, I think it's five months. And then I have some that we've been working on it for over a year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another consideration, right? So if people are like putting it off and putting it off and, and it can take a bit of time, then by yes. the time they get there, somebody could have just swooped in. You exactly. Know. You don't want to put it off because actually the date that you file your application serves as some legal mm. protection for it. So if you filed tomorrow and yeah. I filed next week, your application would precedent. take yeah. precedence. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's so good. See, I, I knew you'd be brilliant on the show because I think you just make all of this like so much easier and straightforward to kind of like know 
where we stand as business owners, know what our options are, know what we need to be protected. And also the things that we can be thinking about to be smart business owners, to be the CEO, right? That's that's something that we all need to kind of step into more and more, especially as our business grow. And I think that kind of idea of like being the, the CEO, having the legal protections, maybe even considering trademarking, some of that, that, that can be an easy idea to put off like, oh, that's the sort of thing that you do when you're already at six figures or multiple six figures or whatever. But actually, the more you start stepping into that role and behaving that way right now, the sooner you actually get there. Absolutely. And the worst, you know, I, I call it like the gut test. Like mm. if if you think of your business name or program name, and if I say to you, uh, as I said, like what would happen if you got told tomorrow that you had to stop using mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Do you get kind of a gut punch? That, sick like, feeling, that kind of like, yes. Yeah. If the answer is yes, it's time to trademark. You knew if, no. If the answer is no, then you're not that invested and maybe it's not a big deal if you mm-hmm. lose it. So that's always a good quick test to figure out if it's time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, okay. So we're going to wrap it up but before we go I would love to know because obviously this is the Limitless Mother podcast I would love to know what being a Limitless Mother means to you how in which ways do you feel limitless gosh um you know I feel fortunate that I I do feel like the sky's the limit Mm. and I think part of what we the luxury we have as business owners is the the ability to kind of create our own reality. And that means like not, not having limits, whether it is in our business or personal life. And so, you know, freedom is one of my driving forces. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me that, that kind of goes along with being limitless is just having the freedom to, to do what you want when you want. And I think, you know, as a mom, especially, I only am able to do that with support, like, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be yep. limitless on your own, right? No, there's no soloing <laughs> your way to limitlessness. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I think just having the support and, and being able to build a business and remind myself all the time that we are limitless. Yeah, I love that. Yay. Thank you so much. Tell the listeners, I'm sure they're like, Shit, I need some legal protection. <laughs> tell, <laughs> them what, over, yes. tell them where to find you. Yes, you can find me at destinationlegal.com. Um, that is the website. And then same on social media, Facebook and Instagram at destinationlegal.com or destination legal. Yeah. Thank you so much, Thank Sarah. You. It has been an absolute treat having you on the show. Thank you so much for being so generous and sharing your knowledge with us. And also it's just been really wonderful talking to you and giving everybody another example i'm going to be bringing even more women on the show but like you're such a shining example of somebody who's like doing business on your terms doing business in a way that suits you lights you up makes you happy um i'm just all about that so thank you for sharing your story with us today there we have it ladies i hope you enjoyed listening in on my chat with sarah about all things life business and being that smart ceo if you want to find out more about today's show head over to the show notes which you can find at corriejavid.com forward slash podcast forward slash sarah w that's sarah with an h and then a w straight after so s-a-r-a-h-w and if you enjoyed today's show why not share it sharing is caring you know (laughs) take a screenshot of this episode in your podcast player right now now share it to your instagram stories and tag me at cory javid and we'll reshare your post on my stories until next time remember you are limitless 
Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you've enjoyed listening to today's show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss out on any episodes. It would make my day, possibly even my week, if you could spare a minute and leave a review over on iTunes. And because I value your time so much, each month, one lucky reviewer will win a free success coaching call with yours truly. So if you'd love for us to pinpoint and then work through that one thing that's currently standing between where you are now and where you want to be, then definitely leave a review for your chance to win. Until next time, remember, you are limitless.